This episode of ArcaSpeak is brought to you by longtime sponsor Arcat, and you think that you've heard all the Arcat ads before, but this time I want to do it a little bit differently. I, I had the chance and the pleasure to talk to Bill over at Arcat, and I love catching up with Bill because number one, Bill is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, and Arcat's a family business. They really do treat their customers like family too, and so I love it because when I'm walking up to the booth. Bill gets a big smile on his face, and he's very welcoming. He knows what we do here at ArcaSpeak, and we know what they do at ArcaT, as you've heard on many, many, almost every past episode of ArcaSpeak. What I wanted to talk about this time real quick was just that ArcaT's always trying to do something helpful for architects. And so they've launched Charette. They were doing VRCAT over there on the Steam store that you can pick up and actually build models in VR which is just a really cool way to kind of sculpt ideas and get them into 3D. But this time it was different. Bill was not showing anything particularly new, although they are working on something really interesting coming out soon that we won't talk about yet, but keep your eyes on the rcat.com website for. But this time I just thought it was really neat, and, and what I took away from my conversation with Bill was like, what do you guys want as architects? And I find that really refreshing. It's not somebody out there trying to sell you something. I mean, we all know you can go to rcat.com and you can download content for free. You never have to register. They're not trying to get you on the hook for anything. There's no subscription service. There's nothing. But what was really genuine and authentic about Bill was that he said, what do you guys want? What's next? What do you need? He's trying to be actually helpful to our profession. So my call to you, my ask, is that you think of something that you would find useful in your day-to-day practice that has to do with specs, CAD, BIM, idea capture, apps. There's, there's just so many ways that they're willing to try things and see if they work that you don't see from anybody else. And so really, that's, that's all I really wanted to say about RCAT and make this a little bit different this time than the normal ad read. I'm really excited about what they're going to be coming out with. Definitely keep your eye on RCAT.com, but also challenge you to come up with, if there's something that your office needs that you guys don't have the resources to put behind, throw that idea out to RCAT. Go to the website. You can enter any suggestion you want over there. We've talked about that many times before. And just throw it out to them and see what happens. Let's throw the spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks. That would be my call to action. So go visit rcat.com. It's A-R-C-A-T dot com. And thanks once again to Arcat for sponsoring this episode of Arca Speak. We are also sponsored by BQE Core. Find new success this year with BQE Core. It's an incredible project management tool for billing, accounting, time, and expense. It's a business intelligence platform that'll help you transform the way you work. Boost your efficiency and your profits with the help of something entirely different. Enjoy a 15-day trial at bqe.com slash core. And don't forget to tell them that ArcaSpeak sent you. So just go to the show notes and follow the link to BQE Core and start your year off right. Welcome to ArcaSpeak, the podcast that talks about what it's like to work in the profession of architecture. Welcome to episode 131 of the ArcaSpeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. 
I'm Evan Troxell. And I'm Cormac Phelan. This this episode is is kind of special, right? This is the end of a uh, the first five the first five years. Yeah, yeah. I think we first started our first episode though went out on like the beginning okay. of February the next year. But there he goes getting technical. Getting yeah. technical. Sorry, sorry. But Done it for five years, dude. <laughs> essentially five years. Yes. Who we would have, have thought, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm curious are. who out there has been listening to us for all five years. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good question to ask. How many people are still with us after yeah. all of the? <laughs> I know one. <laughs> I know one. at least okay. one person. Maybe yeah. he's listened to every episode. I I don't know if he has time to, but uh, but Mark LePage. Yeah, that's, because that's he right. started in he's, his he's twelve twelve that. twelve project. A couple of months before our first episode. That's right. And I mean, we were recording pre release episodes at that point, just practicing, but for the I, archives right there. Yeah. I don't think anybody wants to hear the pre release stuff. Do we even keep them? Nobody I, wants to listen to I something that's actually worse than what we released. Oof. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those, those first few episodes were rough. <laughs> um, no. Mostly due to my audio, but they were oh, all of they were our tragic. audio, except for Evan. Well, we were still learning how to do everything. Well, yeah, Evan had still has yeah. had and still has that nice uh, professional uh, rig set up, but Every, everyone yeah, we had were, to start uh, somewhere. Let's see. I started with first like a headset with just the just microphone. your earbuds, right? Um, no, it was like one of those, like you know. Um, air traffic controller headset type. Oh, ones. that's right. Like a, I remember like that. Like a gamer headset. That's the thing that like came rub yeah. against your beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is that sound? And, I remember. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> and then, then there was like just your kind of like your standard, um, you're on stage singing mic, that just was better, but still not there. Oh, the golden microphone. Yes. Yeah. And then there was the. Neil's coming to save us all by giving me a snowball. That's right. Um, he upgraded. And yes, and that that worked fantastically for quite a long time until I retired it to the um, Apogee mic. You should have a, so, a, a display case somewhere of all the old gear. Parker <laughs> <laughs> speak through the years. That's right. Yeah, so this is our year in review show. We do this say, yes, every year years. and just kind of talk about what's what's happened over the last year and give people a kind of a cheat sheet to uh, the best of maybe and then just some other highlights that we've experienced throughout 2017. Hey, before we get to that, I'm I'm curious what what has your professional year in review been like? I mean, for so I, I mean for me, it was right about this time last year that one of the principals came to me and and said we we have our affordable housing client that we do a lot of new work with but they also do a lot of rehab work which we also do but it was too much for the current team to take on and we wanted to keep them as a client otherwise we were going to just lose these projects so they asked me hey would you like to work on this type of work it's different than i'd done before and and so this year has been quite the learning experience because last year was kind of my first time doing 
attached uh, multifamily sort of housing and diving into a lot of the code issues and uh, that surround uh, that and one hour and two hour firewalls and that was that was a big learning experience. I'm still not probably a good expert on that, but I'm trying. And then this year has been all about affordable housing rehabs and doing doing some of them have been major remodels where we're stripping everything down to the stud and then redesigning even the exterior elevations on on a couple of them and then others are just more superficial uh, remodels. So this year has been really challenging uh, because we're kind of starting and uh, I've taken over and starting a new team and working on completely different projects than I'd ever done before and uh, quite the quite the learning experience for me personally. It's been quite quite a year. Yeah, that's always challenging when you're jumping into new territory for sure. Yeah, and it, and I've yeah experienced something very similar to that where you know this is now year two with a little couple of extra months thrown in, but year two of being at ASG building working on completely different building types that I'd been working on throughout my career. And, um, I, I love the challenge of learning new building types, um, and being able to bring, you know, like a lot of things that I've learned in the past, um, to them. But, uh, you know, last year was all about chemistry buildings this year. Um, for the most part, even though a little bit of that same chemistry building, but, um, has been schools of nursing, hmm. uh, or school of nursing and physical therapy. So, and next year, I already know what I'm going to be working on. And, uh, it's an enormous project, um, with probably one of our oldest clients. Uh, so, um, we've been around almost as long as the entire, um, the school that we, we've been working with uh hopkins so that's gonna be a fun project long i think you mean long (laughs) it's gonna be a long project oh it is going to be a very long project it's going to be a very challenging project it's going to be a very hopefully rewarding project which i'm pretty sure it will be but it will definitely be a very long project because uh this one is not on their main campus this is in their downtown medical campus and so there's the challenge of basically building in the urban context, like taking down a couple of buildings, putting up those buildings while this is, while everything is in full operation. Mm. This is still a working, lots of logistics hospital. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, going to be, wow. Senior chief cat herder. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had, uh, we've had some great. like seriously unpredictable clients this year. So I've been actually doing a ton of, corporate work which is a lot different than designing projects but with with a lot of little little I, and I emphasize little projects just in and out all the time just kind of things keeping keeping the flow going but more than that we've done a bunch of corporate initiatives and you know HMC is kind of going through a renaissance right now of of strategic planning and what's the future where, where are we headed what's our vision um and so that's been really interesting to kind of step into new leadership potential and possibility and and responsibility throughout the, the last year. So 
I've been the chair of our Emerging Leaders Forum for this year and, and just kind of keeping a, a group of people engaged and and working through different ideas and curriculum and exposure throughout the firm, which has been really interesting. And And then we finally, I mean, I haven't talked about it at all on here, but we've launched a very long process of, and thorough, I might <laughs> add, that of launching a new company, Intranet, which was a huge undertaking for us. I mean, yeah. um, it's just been one of those things that we wanted to do right, and we wanted to have lots of training and people that had answers to everybody's questions. And it's hard launching a new thing that big in a big company yeah. <laughs> when people don't yeah. want new things to do. Uh, so, you know, something else to check every day. So we spent a lot of time just kind of working through all that. And we had a small team and I was part of that team who, who did that. So like I said, just lots of corporate stuff that was different than project stuff. Because like I said, we've just had some unpredictable clients where we've had some big projects on the horizon. And as we inch closer to those things happening, they seem to inch farther away. Uh, and so it's just kind of this, Those happen, don't they? we're just waiting, you know, we're just waiting and yep, the promise is always there and we're just kind of waiting for that kind of stuff to kick off. So it's been an interesting year for me, for sure, because I've been doing so much research and writing and planning, uh, and strategy and I, I really enjoy it. And I think that's one thing that this year has really taught me is that I do thoroughly enjoy that kind of stuff. I love thinking big and big picture stuff and I, I also love actually doing the work, but it's been more of the orchestrating this year for sure. So I don't have a lot to uh, to talk about on the project front, even though the last couple of days in the office have been a f like just crazy trying to wrap stuff up um, because I what it's today's the twenty third, so um, we're at, we're definitely at, at the office shutdown period now, like we talked about last time, and so it was just kind of nuts at the end, and actually a colleague of mine, who you guys both know, um, we, we were just shredding on a project that's kind of happening over the break, but we're doing our best to avoid it now, That, because we did a, a bunch of work the last couple of days, and it was really fun, just kind of the two of us sitting around a desk, sketching a lot and modeling and coming bouncing ideas back and forth, and it kind of reinvigorated my my uh, sensibilities towards design. It was just really fun, and, and I I probably need to text him and let him know how much fun it was because I felt like it was much needed at the end of the year to kind of bring it back to architecture. So I don't know. That was that's yeah, me. Especially if you're like, especially if you're like stepping away to do a lot of more business type stuff, and you know, even though all of that is still architecture because you know it's part of the process of you know working through it all. Yeah. It's still you know we all get into it. We don't get into it for all of the paperwork. Yeah. We don't get into it for all the business <laughs> development. We get into it for, you know, for the design work. And so, you know, to kind of end the year off with, you know, a little bit of designing. Yeah. That, that probably feels really good. It did. Felt really good. Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting you bring up, you know, that's not why we got into it. And I just think it's so interesting about how many things go on in our offices that we're, we're most likely clueless about when we started in this business that that need to happen. And I think one important thing that I've brought up here many times, and I'll just reiterate again, that we have to design our future, we have to design our path, or else we're just going to take what somebody else gives us. And, and 
to me, that is one of the most important aspects of being involved in a firm is helping shape where it's headed. If you're not doing that, then you're just simply along for the ride, you know, and you're, right. and I think that that's, to me, that's, that's a crucial part of making it what you want it to be. I mean, I, our firm's an ESOP that means it's employee owned. And so the employees have a say, I definitely want to be yeah. one of those people. So it, yeah. it is an extra sure. burden for sure. I mean, it's, it's, they call leadership an inconvenience. So <laughs> it, it truly is sometimes. Uh, I don't really know about that. I mean, I, I, I <laughs> it's hard. I don't know if I mean, it's an inconvenience, it, it, but it is a challenge. It, it definitely is. And I, and it, 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 many times you just feel like, Oh really? Do I, I need to do this? I don't want to do this. Um, but you have to do it. Right. I mean, that's what well, leadership my, is. It's showing up. Probably one of my favorite quotes from somebody who was new to the profession that, you know, I, I took out to a job site and as we're, you know, spent the, almost the entire day there going through different, uh, course of different types of meetings and doing the, um, the walkthrough, um, you know, with the contractors and everything else. And then just kind of doing our own little review of the pay app and everything that we were doing as we were leaving the, the job site, you know, she looked at me, she goes, I didn't realize architecture was so much management. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it is, it is more than what we really talk about in college, but I think that the way that we, um, you know, teach problem solving really does kind of help, you know, lead us into being able to handle all of that stuff. I mean, would it be better if we, you know, under, you know, had a, at least a little bit of understanding of a lot of the other call it ancillary things that we do in the profession, but they're really the things that kind of keep the lights on, like talking about business development, talking about business modeling and, and projections and things like that. You know, I, they all sound boring as hell. And, you know, why would you want to dedicate um, all of this time when you're trying to create creative people? Yeah. Well, those creative people still need to keep the lights on. Well, you got to keep them you fed, know? right? I mean, that's, that's yeah. definitely one of those things where once you realize that, you are somehow responsible, no matter what the piece of the puzzle is that you fulfill, for keeping those people employed and fed. And then it becomes, you know, it's this is for real, right? This is not just something yeah, you just should. Exactly. It, it, it has consequences. There are stakes here. So high stakes. Yeah. Another, another quote that I had from another friend who is like, for as creative of a profession as we are, we are the most uncreative when it comes to business. Mm, so true. Um, and, and it really is because a lot of times you'll see people who are great in, you know, designing, but, you know, to me, I think an architect or architecture, let's just say an architect needs to be as very, as, as well-rounded in business as they are in design and as well-rounded in management as they are. Or, you know, and so on and so forth. You know, you can just fill in the blank of how strong they should be in every other aspect of this profession as well as design. Because you can design, but you could design yourself right out of a job if you don't, you know, if you're not able to keep that job. Well, if you just go along with the status quo or business as usual, then yes, being obsolete could be a real thing. Well, I think that much like when many of us started school, they one of the first things they told us is, or at least in my my experience was, hey, there's a lot of different things you can do with your degree. 
right? And I think even if those students that might be listening to this show now, you can do a lot with your degree, but you can also do a lot as an architect, right? I mean, there's many different yeah, roles absolutely. that you can fill in a firm. Not every firm is full of designers. Every right. every firm has to have many different people that fills all of those different roles. I mean, one of one of for example, one of the architects in our firm it was I th- I don't know if he spent like 10 years as an architect first, but as computers started coming into the firm and we needed somebody to do IT, which was a new thing in the office back in the mid 90s or something and for us because I was at the same firm back then and he was had an interest in it and said, yeah, I'll take this role. And he's been doing IT for the last, you know, 20 years now in the mm-hmm. firm. In fact, he just got a 30, I think a 30 year award for being with the firm this, uh, this year. And so, I mean, he's still a licensed architect, but he now does this. And so I think there's just something to keep in mind for any students that are listening to this trudging through, you know, your last years in school is that if you have an interest, you can likely find a firm out there where you can explore that interest. And that could be in design. It could be even in something as offshoot as it, right? Because every office needs that person to take care of the computers. They need people to do the accounting. They need people to do HR. They need people to do marketing, business development. There's all of, and support roles. I mean, there's, there's so many things that a firm needs to do, which makes it tough when you're a small firm because those roles have to fall upon. You have to do it all. <laughs> you have to do it either. If you're a sole proprietor, you do all of those roles and some are you're good at and some you're not. And if you're not good at one thing, then you have to go out and get somebody else that can do that one thing. And that's what I I enjoy about this profession is that it's taken me a long time, but I finally kind of figured out what I like to do, what I'm good at doing. And fortunately right now I'm actually doing that role. And so I'm having a great time doing that. But yeah, we just add on to what, add on to what you just said about, because I think a lot of people might be like, oh, I don't I don't want to do all that other stuff. But I feel like one thing that architects miss in designing their business is that it would be fantastic to have people who are passionate about architecture in those roles. So while you may Absolutely. not be doing design work or you may not be working on a project, it is fantastic to have architectural people in those other roles that they are passionate about. Otherwise, you just get people who they just call it a job, right? They just show up, they clock in, they right. clock out, and they don't have any uh, real interest or stakes in the actual output of the firm. And so when you're that kind of person and you are definitely interested, you know, maybe you work in marketing and you love architecture and you love the projects that you guys are doing because you understand how it all works, that's going to make you more indispensable in that role. So I when 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 you're talking about that kind of stuff Neil I'm like nodding my head yes it is yeah. absolutely you guys probably know when you see somebody in your office who is really into architecture versus just doing exactly what they do their expertise I mean when you have that layer on top of of being passionate or a, a certain knowledge about architecture they they're a different type of person and they're way more valuable 
on your project and, and in your firm? Well, I mean, I'll give you another good example. In our retiring CEO and former president of the company, he kind of gave this kind of like going away. They, they called his 30 years and 30 minutes speech. Uh, and it was awesome because we watched, you know, how basically he joined a firm of like eight people or whatever, you know, helped grow it to a three office, um, you know, almost 200, you know, man firm. And one of the things that person. he was saying is that yeah. person firm, uh, yeah, 200 person firm. And one of the things that he was saying about it was, is that he, he quickly realized that one of his strengths wasn't necessarily on the design side, though he's a designer and an architect and, you know, enjoys that aspect of things, but he equally enjoyed the pursuit of the project. So business development was really where he, um, where he felt like that was where we should go and really was one of the guys who was instrumental in shaping what ASG is today by being a, you know, higher education architecture and planning. They were on the verge of bankruptcy and almost out of business and, and, you know, made this critical decision and it worked. And he realized that that was, that was what he loved. That was what his passion was. To this day, we benefit from, you know, him pursuing his passion. We hope um, that we can do this guy proud, you know, when he retires, that we can keep the torch going. And we, and we have been, and we've, you know, found people who are very instrumental in continuing to grow all of our market sectors and, and outreach. But, you know, Evan, you're right. I mean, when you have somebody who's not only, you know, who's passionate about architecture in a position of, you know, marketing, business development, or whatever it is, it's going to just do your business that much better. Yeah. It's hard to find too, because I think most architects don't think that way. They, they're out there thinking about what role can I fill on a project? And, and usually that transition seems to happen once somebody is already in a firm. I've seen, they don't really get hired into those positions. I mean, we're looking for marketing managers. We're looking for Mm -hmm. whatever. And, and it's the ones where you really see some success happen within a firm when they transition internally from maybe an architectural project team into another role because those passions or whatever have been identified. Um, and that to me is, is great, but I think it's interesting conversation to have talking about coming out of school or you're new in the profession and having those, like identifying those interests early, that could really set you apart on a resume uh, it could really set you apart when you're going to interview a, up against a, a pool of people when you're the the one who's interested in what that firm actually does, which is architecture, um, and you can be a support role with understanding what the ultimate goal is and, and how you could be more invested in that. I think that that really could be a, a differentiator for you. So I right. didn't expect this to turn into a job advice episode, but <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean, you know, year in review is in a way sometimes some people are starting fresh and, yeah. and, and every, well, but every one of us in our firms are probably watching everybody scurry around, you know, doing all of like the year end housekeeping type stuff to keep the firm moving mm-hmm. forward in the next few years and stuff. Yeah. You know, the business development, the, you know, projections of projects and all of that other stuff that we've, you know, kind of talked about. And we see that all of these people who had gone to architecture school to design buildings 
are you know the people who are spearheading all of these different efforts to uh, keep the business going and keep the business you know growing. And you, you know you think to yourself, well, you know, I mean, you don't think that you're going to be going to school for what you're doing now, but you're doing it, and it's a huge, huge uh, part. I mean, it's hell. It, it's sometimes bigger than the individual project or the individual role on an individual project versus, I mean, because you've got to figure out a way to keep a hundred people fed. I mean, 200 people fed versus just yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Expands your thinking, right? Yeah. Yeah. Along those lines, Evan, is that we have an intern that's back for winter break and he's spending a couple of weeks working in the firm again. And I was talking to him the other day and he was talking about studio and all, all the work involved in that and how everybody concentrates on that and doesn't spend as much time maybe on some of his other classes about, you know, whatever else he's taking landscape classes and other types of all the other classes that you take that surround studio, right? Mm-hmm. Your GE, I, yeah. Well, be beyond GE, but but uh, not well, not yeah. GE, I should say. But I, I, like, I know like, where you're like going. Structures and structure, pro practice, and, and yeah, environmental exactly. controls. All of, all of the supporting classes of the, for exactly, and but yet how people kind of ignore those a little bit, maybe, and focus more because on their, studio. Right? Their professors are telling them to. Well, probably they're, maybe so. But studio professor. My <laughs> advice to him was pay very close attention and focus on those other classes as well, because when you get out into the profession and you're and you're working, you will spend a lot of time, depending on the types of projects you do, of course. But you're always going to be dealing with structural engineers. You're always going to be dealing with landscape, civil, and those other parts of the projects. And if you have an understanding of what they're doing, then you can talk to them and interface with them. Thank goodness and, you said that. Um, and so I said, no, I understand. You know, focus on studio, but really pay very close attention and do spend the time to learn these other classes because that you're going to spend a lot of time on projects in in your career focusing on dealing and talking to those people. And if you can understand what they're doing, you have a leg up, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if your structural engineer says, well, you know, we can't do this or we can do that. But if you, you know, have that background of, right. you know, hey, I took structures, what about this? Or can we do it this way? And, you know, you may not be able to run the numbers or anymore because you can't remember how the hell you did that in school. But if you understand the concepts and what you can do, you can be more of a contributor to the team because you have expertise in a little bit of what all of your different consultants do, right? They don't go to school to learn how a building is designed and put together. They, they understand civil stuff. And you don't have to understand everything about what a civil engineer does, but pay attention to that class that you took in school because you're going to have a better understanding of what they're doing and can be better able to make suggestions or at least understand what they're talking about when, when you're in that, that coordination meeting. Mm-hmm. Well, I have that, that one, that first bit of advice that I got from my very first boss was, 
if you don't understand all of the systems that go within your building, you will never have control over the design of your building. Ah, good advice. So if you at least understand or it, show an interest you in can it. work. <laughs> yeah. And you can work with all of your consultants, all of the engineers to make sure that you're getting the building that you want to deliver to the client. Yeah. I remember one real quick uh, thing was, is we were doing this, we were designing this truss and we had this one specific look that we were going for. And this trust looked like it could not be built. And we kind of thought it through, designed it through and under his tutelage, you know, like really ran the numbers and found that it worked and basically had to, we, we kind of show, you know, we, we at least looked to see, are we presenting something to the structural engineer that's just absolutely idiotic and won't work? Or do we at least have a basic understanding of what the hell we're talking about so that when we're talking back and forth, even though it's a little bit challenging for him, we can talk it through and get it to be what we want it to be. And these are some crazy looking trusses, but we got them. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, before we go on more about that, I do want to spend a couple of minutes and talk a little bit about what happened on the show this year. Yeah. Maybe some of the more interesting things that we could highlight. People could, uh, if they have some time off and want to go back and listen yeah, to the some cheat things. sheet. <laughs> yeah. A little cheat sheet. Uh, Definitely. So one of the guy, I took a couple of notes and Cormac, actually, it's funny that you mentioned that these were some of your favorite episodes that for the year, but I had mentioned we, we kind of did something a little different this year, mainly because of Evan's long summer trip that he took. We had to do some pre-recording and, and everything. And we kind of turned it into a, a little summer series of architectural adventures, which were episodes 118, 119 and 120. Those were kind of fun to do. And there were fun trips to go on. <laughs> For you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was in New York, and, and so, it, yeah, that was good. And, and honest, well, no, but, you know, honestly, it helped because, I mean, if you go back and you listen to the shows, what was great about them is, is we were kind of doing a architectural takeaway from it. It's like, you know, and you talked about how some of the things that you saw in New York were, mm -hmm. you know, reflectant in some of the work that you were That's doing. That's right. And the reason that I pick them as kind of like my favorite episodes um, was that, you know, it, it helps show in Evan said this a lot. You've said it a lot. We've all said it a lot, but it's the importance of getting out of the office and experiencing the world around us because it helps inform like this architectural growth for us. I mean, instead of just isolating ourselves to what we see every single day, if we can get out and look at it and experience it and kind of, see how other people are, you know, like moving in and out of the built environment. Well, that helps us design better things that fit within the built environment. It was this whole kind of, Hey, get out and look at the world around you. Yeah. yeah. There was a For message. Sure. <laughs> Surprisingly enough. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to highlight is we had some guests this year. So, Earlier in the year, we had uh, Laura on, and actually Rusty Long was joined us for episode 107, The Millennial Question. That was early in the year, actually. And then around mid-year, we had uh, Rosa on uh, to talk about equity, and that 
was episode 112. Do any of these people have last names? Rosa Shang. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. I, oh. Forgive me. Forget. I'm sorry. It's just, uh, well, you know, we know they're, these people. They're on, so. Yeah. They're first so yeah, Laura T. Garden, sorry, of Ratio Architects. And uh, she's the author and creator of ARE Sketches. So go check out that book. We'll have a link in our show notes for that. Uh, and I think she's on volume two. Uh, so you can check that out. Uh, she was on for the millennial question and, um, Rusty Long also joined us with Laura Teagarden on episode 114, where we talked a, a little bit about the AIA conference that we didn't attend this year, but we had some people that were there and gave us some feedback. So we stayed in touch on that. And then Rosa Shang joined us for episode 112 to talk about equity in design for 2017 and what they were doing. And then later this year, this fall, we attended the Monterey Design Conference. And prior to going to that, we had Anne Frugeron join us for episode 124, where we talked a little bit about putting on the Monterey Design Conference and what that yeah. was all about. So those are some all great episodes, actually, to go back and, and listen to. Yeah, if you don't want to just hear us talk, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they're all great, great guests. So we'd love to have them all back. So what were the most popular episodes as far as like comments and, you know, engagement? Nice, nice segue there. Nice, nice way to, uh, to tee that one up there, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> and I spoiled it because I just laid it out there. But uh, so we had two episodes that had the most comments this year, and that was episode 117, Motivation, and episode 121, Cool Tools for Podcasting. And those were couple of the episodes that were most commented on. Although in general, I think most people interact with us through social media and not necessarily through comments on the site. Yeah. So I'm not surprised to see that oh, kind of overall comments on the site were a little uh, less this year. But I think comments through social media are probably more active. So that doesn't necessarily surprise me. Yeah. Motivation was about internal versus external motivators within individuals working in firms. We talked about the book Drive by Dan Pink. And then Cool Tools for Podcasting was actually spurred on by a listener question about, you know, what do you guys use to to create your podcast? And so we kind of dove deep into different hardware setups, <clears throat> different ways that we work on the show with software and things like that and all all the behind the scenes stuff. So uh, there's a lot of technical stuff in that podcast about podcasting, so it's kind of kind of meta. But um, it was definitely a fun episode to kind of nerd out on on the technicalities of creating a podcast. And that was actually kind of the motivation behind our submission for the AIA talk this year that we submitted for and got denied just recently. Yeah. Um, but that I think was it, it would have been really interesting to kind of teach other architects how to do what we do, but. The cheat sheet is there in episode 121. You know, the, the other thing I want to mention too, not to get too much into tuning our own horn here, but we were mentioned in the press several times this year. Uh, uh, one of which was, what is, uh, so if you, we actually keep track of this. So if you hear about us somewhere and we don't know about it, let us know. But uh, we have a press link on our site and we've listed a couple of different places where we have been noted uh tmd studio 
actually added us to the list of best architecture and design podcasts to listen to back in January, actually, of this year. And then Brandon Hubbard of the Architects Guide included us in Architects Podcast in his annual list of top uh, blogs for 2017. And then later in the year, we got mentioned again by NCARB. They were nice enough to include us in their list of, uh, let's see, th uh, 13 now best podcast for architects. So we appreciate that. We've actually been on that list before. And then later in the year, in October, Arc Daily did a feature about the seven best architectural podcasts for architects hosted by architects. And that was, we were very honored to be included in that list of, of architects, architectural podcasts. So thanks to all of those. That's, it's really great to see that, you know, we sit here behind the mics and don't often in, in personally engage with our listeners. And it's, it's, it's really gratifying to know that other people are listening and appreciate all the efforts that we put in to the show and producing it and doing all of that work and then getting recognized is it's not why we do it, but it's really gratifying when people recognize us for, for doing that work. So we appreciate that. Yeah, and I think some of the feedback that we've gotten through email, you know, there's like a link on our website for feedback if you wanted to just email us directly. But uh, there's been some really nice things that have come in via that. And I, I kind of think that those are a little bit – people don't expect us to share those things, right? They're a little bit more like private feedback. But I just have to say that those don't go unnoticed. And they're – I mean, we usually respond to those as well. But there's been just some really great – feedback sent through that. And so to all those listeners out there who have sent stuff in via that, it's just, we really appreciate it. I mean, we just recently got an epic email <laughs> <laughs> that, that was talking about the crit process from a student and she, she laid out an amazing outline of, of how the crit process should work. And I think, uh, I'm not sure she, got to our episode on that yet at that point. I know she had kind of started from the beginning, but it was it was just a really wonderful read. And I, I love to see how people think. And so this was one of those emails that really showed how some of our, at least she, thought. And so that was that's really cool. And then also we've just recently started doing the, the Ask Arcaspeak hashtag. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of our listeners, Paul Reynolds out there, um, he, he's, he changed it. He said... Uh, I'm not going to, it's not a question. It's a statement. He said, it should be tell Arcaspeak. And, and he just said, you guys are awesome. So that was very nice of you, Paul. Thanks very much. Yeah, the other thing we did this year, and this is our second year we've done this, but we hosted the AIA chat in June. Yep, and that, was, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. And we appreciate the AIA for including us in their monthly AIA chat talk that they do. Uh, and this this year was... I think our topic was transition from school to corporate work, I guess, or yeah. just, you know, working in the profession. And that that's a lot of fun, actually. That That is a one hour of intense uh, Twitter activity. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it, it's a lot of fun, but it, it is definitely a lot of work. But uh, but it's fun because I think it helps. It helps. I mean, the AI is doing something great there and engaging the social media and getting people involved and really dealing with topics each month that are a little different, but 
very intense, a lot of great conversation, and it probably exposes a lot of people in social media and a great way to engage with everyone on that. So we appreciate uh, doing that and, and hope to look forward to hopefully doing that again next summer. So did you guys, I know you've already kind of alluded to this, but Cormac, your favorite episodes, just as a reminder, are the travel series. Is that right? Yeah, were the travels. Yeah, they were the travel series because, you know, just like I said, showed the importance of uh, getting out and looking around. Yeah, outside influence on your on your thinking, on your process. I mean, that that was probably one of the biggest highlights of my trip, actually, was, and I, I don't think we ever kind of did a, we never rounded back to that, but which is fine because it's kind of an epic tale. But um, the just seeing Scandinavian design firsthand was one of those things that will forever influence how I think about architecture. And so that is that experience is priceless. And I think that's kind of the goal of the our whole program that we do in our office with this travel fellowship. But I mean, that's one thing that I keep coming back to is getting out, seeing more, not just flipping through stuff on web pages, not just being a slave to the glowing box, right? And and that's the only way we we get inspired or start to consume other ideas. You know, read books, get outside, take photographs, take bad photographs. It doesn't matter. Just get out there and and experience architecture and experience landscape and experience all these things that that so that you can put yourself in other people's shoes when you actually are doing architecture. I think that that is so important. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I may not necessarily saying just listen to us, but listen to other architectural podcasts, you know, because there are a lot of people who are talking about business development, marketing and architecture, um, design. I mean, everything, everything, how to run a and, firm. um, how to run a firm. And, and these are things that I think um, coming from all these different perspectives across, you know, hopefully across the globe, you'll get to understand really um, what, what the profession can offer you than just kind of what you've been doing. And maybe, you know, it'll spur you to either start a podcast or a video blog or, or, or whatever um, to just kind of help contribute uh, to enrich in the profession. So, yep, you know, for sure. I mean, getting, getting out there, the, the travel ones, you know, for us, cause we're all visual learners, um, is one thing, but also, you know, get out there and listen, put your ear to the ground, see what kind of trains coming up. So Evan, what was your favorite podcast of the year? Your favorite, favorite episode. Favorite episode was definitely number 126, life of the party, which was also a listener question that's where it came from and I, I love talking about design and i love talking about where ideas come from and how we can follow them through and 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 just have like guiding principles for a project so i i felt like that one was some of the best work that we did this year on the podcast and again just thanks to it because it's not something that we thought of on our own thanks to our listener who brought it up because Again, they want to see behind the scenes. It wasn't even an architect who brought it up, and I, I kind of think that that made it even better, right? It was that, yeah. let's explain right. this right. from a perspective of somebody who has not been educated in how to do this. And then I think there's a lot of us who have been through the education of party and, and all that stuff who've lost it along the way. And so it was just a great reminder um, and, and kind of a key component in what we do. 
So that number one twenty six was my that that goes on the cheat sheet for episodes to hit the, for this year. Now I don't necessarily have a specific episode, but just scrolling through this year's episode lists, what I what I well partially because I I, I end up doing it, uh, but as what I what I enjoy and I suggest people go look at the different episodes but we've been doing this now for I think a few years we didn't start doing it this way but eventually we started adding graphics some sort of image a drawing from Cormac typically or some sort of photo also usually from Cormac (laughs) or Evan's trips but we add an image to each episode to the top of the show notes and some of the images that we choose to put in there, I think are just a lot of fun and they don't always necessarily go with the topic of the episode, but they're just, they're just cool stuff. And usually ironically enough, so a little bit of the back scenes here, there are things that we're sending to each other via messages. And I look through those first to kind of find interesting things that we've been messaging about for the past two weeks in between episodes and I go oh that's good that that's a great shot or something sort of appropriate for the episode and so I I suggest going through and just looking at some of those because there's a some just some great photography I mean Evan you you take some great shots with your camera that you have and and Cormac your eye for seeing just different things is, is just fantastic I have a lot of fun so that's something I just personally, I have a lot of fun finding those things to put into the show notes. And so like every episode is, is kind of special for me in that sense. So, yeah, that's it's It makes it more personal for the different things that we're experiencing and kind of sharing with the, with our listeners. I think that that's a, not too many people who listen to podcasts, maybe look, even look through the show notes, but just, it's kind of a nice reminder that that kind of thing is in there and, and it just makes it even more of a, a complete package, I think, for, for our podcast. Yeah, I agree. So any other favorite moments or favorite uh, episodes? I mean, one of the ones that I that I really liked, and let me let me scroll down here. I have no favorites. They're all special. <laughs> <laughs> you like all of your kids equally, right? <laughs> That's what we're supposed to say, right? <laughs> oh, we are? Oh. I, I I go back to episode 109, which was February of last year, called Inspiration, and I I, I remember that one, and that one actually has a, a really neat drawing in the show notes from from Cormac that I I believe that was for your guys's Christmas. Uh, no, I guess this is February. So what did, what did you do that illustration for Cormac? The one with the the moon and the the hanging clouds, and, and it was well, very kind. You just did that on your own, didn't you? Uh, no, no, no. The the that sketch. Yeah. Um, since Neil reminded me what it was, because I was actually <laughs> quickly scurrying back to see. I was like, wait, which sketch are they talking about? You know, so, the fancy one. Anyway, that, yeah, so that sketch came from when we were actually launching our intranet. Oh, um, that's right. You know, the it's square. just like you were, we were, it was called The Square. And so um, everybody was doing, you know, we had a couple of different art graphics, our graphic design department, and a couple of other ones were doing these things that were kind of like square related type things. And I just did this one that was just this potpourri of imagery and, and it just kind of like threw everything out there and it was not square related, um, big podcast air quotes again, but it was, 
what I, you know, the quote that I said was the square is anything that you can imagine and more. And so that was kind of the point of my, you know, not conforming to the, the square imagery. Um, but just kind of just being this whole, like, you know, montage of everything. Yeah. Um, well, I just think it's a great it's, image it's, that goes along with kind of the title of the episode. I mean, it, it's, it's inspirational. I mean, it's one of those things yeah. where, again, just to kind of round out the complete package for, for each one of these little episodes that we throw out, it, it, it was one of those things that was just, it's really fun to, to kind of dissect and get in there and look at It's It's kind of cool to hear the backstory on it too. I had, I had fun doing that one. I always have fun sketching, obviously, but that one actually, because it was, um, you know, and of course a lot of people were just like, I don't know if I get that as a square, but then when they saw the quote, they were like, Oh yeah. Okay. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Cool. And uh, so that was fun about it. All right. Well, it's been a good year. I think it's time to wrap this oh, one up, right? Let's finish off 2017. I need to update that sketch, though, because that, one, that one's unfinished. Oh, really? That was, <laughs> yeah. You, so I think you need that, to put a new one up. Neil, I'll give you the finished one to put up for this, this episode. Sure. Cool. Absolutely. All right. Well, happy 2017, everybody. Glad it's over. <laughs> yeah ready for something new <laughs> it was it was actually a it was a good year it was though, you know and uh but i'm actually definitely looking forward to the uh challenges and the excitement for new things to come next year yeah bring it on um, yeah, just exactly. get a few days of rest here and then and then go uh, for it yes That'll all be. right uh any um real quick mm-hmm. uh any what are you guys looking forward to for the new year what do you mean? Like, you know, is there anything particular, any like architectural resolutions or office resolutions or just anything that you're specifically looking for? Basically I'm leading to, you know, at the end of the year, I'm like currently scrambling to use up PTO time <laughs> because, uh, I didn't use enough and, you know, we use only it or lose it for, Exactly. Where I'm in that user lose it phase, and uh, so um, my uh, resolution for the coming year is to use it all, so I don't have to get into that same situation where I'm um, losing it. I'll, I'll I'll tag on to that because this isn't like an end of the year thing, but it's been the last few months, so I guess it kind of counts if you look a little bit bigger picture here. But I've just been tired of working on so many projects and so my one of my big things and i don't mean i don't mean at work i just mean in life because i i tend to take on a lot of different projects um i i need to work on myself and so this is just you know i've been messaging with neil about asking him questions about running shoes and um different i'm i'm really getting into just taking care of myself and getting better in that regard so that I can, I can be better in so many other ways. And so taking more time off is a huge part of that. Sleeping more is a big part of that. And so I, I just think that I've kind of neglected that. I mean, I think a lot of architects kind of in their nature operate in the, there's never enough time to get everything done. And so I'm, I'm kind of rebelling against that and just saying no to a lot more stuff so that I can, I can get, myself in a better place so I've, i don't know the way that you frame it out you're saying say no to work <laughs> <laughs> sends the wrong message man. <laughs> yeah don't take it the wrong way 
So I'm looking forward to being better, like it being just in, in better shape and, and having a more confidence. And I'm just working on so many things in regard to myself that I'm really looking forward to, you know, what's six months going to be like if I look back and say, that's where I was and here I am now. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Well, if I was to throw in on that, Evan, I'm kind of, or to answer your question, Cormac, I'm sort of going where Evan's going saying no to some things and trying to cut back and focusing on some other stuff instead of trying to do too many things. And part of that, and then also too, looking forward to setting up some new equipment here to do some <laughs> recording with eventually. We've got some new some new toys that will get implemented to uh, for the for the show and and uh so we'll that'll that I'm looking forward to getting that going hopefully soon. But uh, but yeah, just just kind of focusing on what's important instead of trying to do too many things at once. I think that's a good you know. I mean, forget the resolution things. It's just the it's the focus, yeah. and and I think that's a good message. Just just yeah, and priorit- prioritize and focus, and to yep. kind of just finish this thought or this segment. I mean, w- something that I can't emphasize enough is that hard work does create really cool opportunities. And I think that, you know, if you just keep showing up and doing interesting things and doing things that are a little outside your comfort zone, uh, you're going to, you're going to be opened up to other opportunities that you never saw coming. And I think, you know, we're, we're talking about doing something really neat here on the podcast. I think that there's, this has shown up in many ways in in the 2017 for me at least just by being available to doing other things that aren't necessarily your normal day-to-day status quo stuff that it's really interesting where that can take you and so i i just call the the challenge i guess that i'll put out to everybody is you know step outside your comfort zone get get out of just the normal day-to-day stuff try something put it out there even if it's not perfect put it out there and you'll never know where it'll take you. And I think that that's kind of one of the, the neatest parts of this whole adventure is just not knowing where things are heading and not having to be in control of all that. So uh, just putting that out there because it's, it's almost goal time. It's almost resolution time if, if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, so that's the challenge. All right. Is all that right. it for 2017? That's going to be it. I think. All right. Take us out, man. All right. Well, Hey, before we close out 2017, we want to thank those that are responsible for helping us make this show happen. And first, we have our always sponsor, RCAT, and we really appreciate them. So make sure you check out all the features they offer over at ARCAT.com. And this episode is also sponsored by Core, powered by BQE. Core revolutionizes the way architects manage projects, time, and expenses, billing, and plus accounting. All of those things we talked about earlier that people can do in an office. Core saves you time while giving you the visibility, flexibility, and power you need to grow your firm. Learn more and get a free 15-day trial at bqe.com core. And you want more ArcaSpeak? Well, you can listen to all the episodes we mentioned during this episode, but you can find that at visit by visiting arcaspeakpodcast.com and you'll find our catalog of episodes going back now five years. And while there, make sure you sign up to receive our show announcements 
And by doing so, you'll be notified when an episode goes live, and it will include links to everything we mention on that show's episode. To stay in contact between episodes and over the holidays, check out our Facebook page or use the hashtag AskArcaSpeak on Twitter. You can find links to everything at the main site, ArcaSpeakPodcast.com. Have a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, everybody, and stay subscribed, and thanks for listening. See ya. Have the holidays of happy. I join the choir to sing They're all competing for some other thing I join the choir to sing